Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. Mods are just modern day cheat codes, and I want you to change my mind. I was thinking about it, like, after last week's episode and everything. I was going over in my head about what's so fun about playing with mods and kind of the enjoyment of playing with mods is it changes the game in a different way. Like it changes it to something else that the developers didn't really intend for the game. A lot of times, a lot not all the time, but a lot of times it makes it more enjoyable. Though, let's just rewind back, you know, back into like the 90s and shit like that, back into the 80s, stuff like that when games were simpler and cheat codes were rampant and the reason i say rampant it's games were tough games were fun the internet was slowly becoming a thing you know the 90s and stuff like that so the fact that there was some magical way to modify the game so it could be played differently rumors would start to pop up and I remember getting involved in my fair share of rumors. I remember my one friend once told me that there was a secret level you could unlock on Mario Kart by doing this whole crazy thing, and I did it, and it didn't happen. They told me he was just joking, and I got mad at him. (laughs) And then I also remember back in Halo 2 when the skulls became a thing, and I still remember hearing it on the school bus and being like, nah, he's that motherfucker's lying. Like, there's, there's no way that's true. There's no way that... There's these things you can pick up to do all these crazy things in the games. There's no, there's no possible way. Like, you have to do it on Legendary? Nah, that could never be true. And then I heard about how you get the Sputnik Skull, which is just play the one level on Legendary. can't remember the name of the level, but I remember what you had to do. It's, you spawn on the level. You do a 180 turnaround. So you're looking at the cave that you just came from in the previous level. You walk through said cave. And on the left side, at the end of the cave, there's a small, precarious little ledge you can walk across. And at the end of that ledge is the Sputnik Skull. And I did that, and I picked it up. I was like, wait a minute. And then the skull is supposed to increase explosions. And I started playing around with that, and that was happening. And I'm like, holy shit, these are real. And then I, you know, I started digging up more information and stuff like that. Now that I knew it was true, I actually was able to find proper information online about the location of all the skulls, yada, yada, yada. And just fucking went crazy getting them. Now... Those are different variants of cheat codes, like certain ways to unlock things because you could use a cheat code for that. The way the game gets modified, like I I would say the Halo Skulls, especially in Halo 2, I would put them under cheat codes because it's something special you have to do to change an effect in the game. But instead of doing like a button input, <clears throat> excuse me, instead of doing a button input, you're just picking something up. Now on more streamlined cheat codes, you know, you got something like Conquer's Bad Fur Day where you could input a cheat code and it unlocked new characters for the multiplayer. And I knew there were cheat codes for getting the lives, but I can't remember what those cheat codes were. I never used them because I never found the campaign to be too difficult, so I just played it normally. But for the multiplayer, I always did Billy Mill roundabouts. You can get uh, the Grim Reaper, Greg. I remember Lunchbox gave you the caveman's rusty sheriff bag, gave you like the two generals, like the teddies and the squirrel armies. Uh, Billy Mill Roundabout, Lunchbox, Rusty Sheriff Badge. I knew there was one... There was one for the villagers. To play as the villagers from the Dracula chapter, but I can't remember what that cheat code was. 
and I'm trying to think if there's any others. I know there are a couple. I can't remember all of them. But you get my point. Like, cheat code's just modifying base game. But then you had stuff back from, like, you know, Double Dragon. I'm pretty sure Rocket Knight Adventures probably had them. And a number of other games, you know, Contra, stuff like that, using the Konami code to get extra lives. Or on Spire of the Dragon, you could input a code and have Big Head Spyro Mode or Flat 2D Paper Spyro Mode, you know. Certain things help the game with more lives, infinite ammo, other things like that. And other things just kind of like played around with how you looked, which I always adored doing. And it was it was always fun. Like those older games, it was always fun when you learned a new cheat code and you try it out for the first time. You saw what it could do for the game and you're like, oh shit, you know, that thing I really want to do, I can do now because I have more ammo, whatever. Or just it's going to look silly. And I know for me personally, I always, and I still do to this day, keep to this motto of, Beat the game once normally, you know, without any modifications or cheats or whatnot. And then, through my second playthrough, fucking go crazy, you know. Add in mods, add in cheat codes, do a bunch of crazy stuff. Like, you know, I beat Halo 2, and then I went through, and I started unlocking, you know, getting as many skulls as I could. I remember I'd play Halo for, like, 12 hours in one sitting, because back then, when you turned the console off, all the progress, quote-unquote, you had of picking up skulls reset... So I would start to learn a number of the maps, like the back of my hand on Legendary, so I could pick up the skulls as fast as possible and then just fucking dick around. Like, go through the campaign normally with I Would Have Been Your Daddy, Sputnik, Grunt B-Day Skull. Those are, like, the three main ones I remember. But I know I played around with a couple of the other ones. Uh, Blind Skull. I loved using Blind Skull. And then I knew there were ones for, like, you know, Ammo or Black Eye every now and then I picked up. You know, so I would just kind of, like, modify the campaign experience and play through it again just for fun. You know, with the skulls being on. And now, nowadays, with so much internet stuff going on, you know, talking about the games with multiplayer, with downloading stuff online and all this kind of stuff, and having a lot of games on PC now and a lot of games being emulated or ported over to PC, cheat codes have started to die out. Like, it's it's rare to see a game... Come prepackaged with cheat codes. Because now we have mods. And any game on PC is subject to modding. Because it's, people have learned, it's really easy to access the source files and the assets and other things that are compiled for the game to be played on PC. And then tweak and modify them. And when you have the ability to do that, to just tweak them willy-nilly however you want... You can do a lot of crazy-ass shit. I mean, let's just take one of my favorite mods, which is from Minecraft, the Technic Launcher. A pretty big mod for Minecraft. It was just a platform, and mods kept getting added on, so you can build nuclear reactors, more weapons, design computers that actually work. Not just, like, redstone crazy gadgets, but actual, like, programmable computers that were actually a block. You know, the list goes on and on and on. More blocks, being able to take a block and cut it up into, like, pillars and strips and panels. And, you know, the list goes on. The list goes on of the stuff they added in Minecraft. You know, the whole Mistcraft thing. There's additional realms now, so it's not just the nether and the end. You can go... I know there's one mod. I can't remember what it's called, but essentially you go... And I know Minecraft was... Mojang was thinking about this at one point. It's like a heaven-type thing, so you go into, like, the sky, and there's a bunch of sky islands up top. And then there's... Uh, fantasy, like Hexic has this whole fantasy-based one where you go to these different fantasy worlds, see different portals, and 
like I said, the list goes on and on and on. Miscraft is really cool. I need to get back into Miscraft. The list goes on and on and on. And it added, for me, it was pretty fun to play Minecraft that way because of all the cool shit I could do. And then when I actually got into normal vanilla Minecraft version 1.14, I was enjoying actually having a goal to do. You know, going back to that idea of, like, beat the game first and then play with mods. Now I'm going through Minecraft normally, I was kind of enjoying it because I'm like, I don't have anything crazy to do. I simply have a goal in mind with surviving, and I was actually enjoying that experience. Like, finding the right material, like, actually going through finding materials, building up all the stuff, expanding my house, etc., etc., etc. It was pretty fun. So that's a really popular platform of modding. And then from there, you get you know, the Steam Workshop. I know Slay the Spire came out. And the devs are like, yeah, 100% full mod support, like, on Steam Workshop. And there's so many crazy things that come out. Like, there's a lot of new characters that have been coming out through mods. There's, I remember I downloaded one I tried out was a jungle. So when you reach the point where you would go to the city, you could choose to go to the city or to the jungle. So you can kind of change the run a little bit. And the jungle is actually, like, it has a normal map, like the rest of Slay the Spire. It has events that are special just for the jungle, encounters just for the jungle, bosses just for the jungle. Like, it's essentially just another act for Slay the Spire. But it was created by a fan. You have... I mean, I never had a chance to actually do it, but I kind of want to. Fucking GTA. You go and play GTA, and there's like a whole Jesus mode where you can become invincible, change your appearance to look like, you know, a long-haired, bearded, you know, white guy, Middle Eastern guy, whatever you want to call it, like a G- Jesus figure. And you can just, like, you know, punch and kick cars and send them flying, and they blow up, stuff like that. It's just fun. It's just hilarious to see that kind of stuff doing. And that's partially why I didn't like Saints Row 4, because that's the standard play for Let's Play for, for uh, Saints Row 4. The standard play is you're a Jesus-type character, at least when you're in the simulation, which is what most of the game is, is running the simulation. And it kind of, like, ruined a little bit of the fun, because it was it's enjoyable to play the game and actually have more of a normal down-to-earth time. Like I said, like, you know, GTA, Saints Row the Third. Even though Saints Third can become completely wonky, there is still that standard of like you can still die pretty easily, and you actually have to fight and stuff like that. It's not just like running around punching people like that's all I did in Saints Four. Because the mods is where that fun is. The mods like the cheat code. I'll play the game normally, and then I'll go back and add those mods so I can have that crazy fun time. Like Saints Four, thinking about it, like other than some costume changes and maybe maybe unique guns. What is there to do for mods? You already have Jesus mode unlocked. You're you are already crazy super strong. You're already a superhero, essentially. What's there to mod? Like, there's no point to having a cheat code for the game because you essentially are already playing with cheat codes. And now this is a debate bash Saints Row Four. If you liked it, you liked it. Cool. I still prefer the third. I still prefer Saints the third. But no, it's. We no longer need cheat codes because the fans are making their own cheat codes. Whether you're good with programming or not, you can now modify the game for a different experience. Any games online on PC that you get through Steam, there's a chance that they have Steam Workshop support. I know Skyrim was a script editor. I already mentioned Slay the Spire. You know, GTA is a big one. I'm just looking at my desktop right now saying Darkest Dungeon... I know a lot of crazy shit has gone down with that. You know, Binding of Isaac, because people really hated it. What was... Was it Was it Afterbirth was Binding of Isaac? I'm trying to remember what the official DLC was. I think it was Afterbirth Plus was the official DLC. But then a bunch of people, like, 
made a different mod. Anti-Birth, yeah. So you had Afterbirth, which is the actual supported, created by the developers DLC. And then a bunch of people said, fuck that shit, and made Anti-Birth. And Anti-Birth got a lot more love. Yeah, uh, and there's, you know, there's plenty of other here. I'm not going to go through the whole freaking list, but there's plenty of games here that get mod support. I'm pretty sure Enter the Gungans probably has something for it if I really looked for it. But yeah, it, if you have coding experience, you are able to take the base game and tweak it for various things. You know, Slay the Spire's Force mod isn't to make it easier. Like, it's just as infuriating as going through the city itself. Like, I, I hate going through the city in Slay the Spire. It's just as infuriating as a city. So some mods are purely for that, like additional content, if you will. But then other mods, like I said, the GTA, is just to have a grand old time being indestructible. And that can be really, really fun. So you take the ability to code things, but you don't have to worry about building something on the ground up. You're not worrying about building an entire new game. Like, if you want to, you could. But if you're just one person alone who doesn't have a super lot of experience with creating games, but still wants to kind of like tweak things for a new playstyle, you take source code. You are taking code that is essentially given to you, especially if you bought the game. You buy the game, you now own the game, you indirectly own that software. Like you don't own the rights to it, but you own that property, that segment of the company by owning that game. Fuck it, go in and, and tweak the thing. I know I've done that once or twice with a few games. Heck, I might do it to Minecraft a little bit just to add one or two fun little things. Like I really love Mistcraft. It'd be cool to you know mod that in. But yeah, it's you are taking something that you own and just not rebuilding a game. You're just adding in a little something extra, a little extra flair. Other games, like there are other mods out there that essentially, oh, it's almost like an expansion. Like they don't focus on adding in one little thing. It's like here's a bunch more quests, companions, items, so on and so forth. I know Skyrim has gotten essentially like quote unquote expansions in the form of mods. There's another one. I can't remember what it was. Wow, fuck me. I cannot remember. I can't remember anything today. But you see what I'm getting at. Those with the experience are able to tailor make a game for themselves and then post it online for download. And now, instead of you trying to find cheat codes for the game to play it differently, you can now just go right ahead and look for modifications to the game to build it the way you want to play it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying GTA V, but what if I just, you know, had unlimited ammo or the cops never came after me? You know, stuff like that. I don't know if that's actually like an option in GTA itself or if that's like a mod, but you see what I'm getting at, where you can start building up the game the way you want to play it, and all you have to do is look for those mods or make those mods yourself. So on the flip side, people like me who aren't fluent in coding, like I'm dabbling here and there but i definitely am unable to go through and modify source code to make a mod for a game i'm 100 honest about that it's really cool to look through steam workshop and like, i played on slay aspire i think i tried once or twice one two things like darkest dungeon but uh minecraft was a big one that i was getting into the modding for i can go through and search through all this stuff they have online like it's almost like a marketplace i remember going through the technic launcher their website and it's like a fucking marketing marketplace. I'm just scrolling through, like, what am I looking for for Minecraft? You know, I'm looking at the different names of different mods. I'm like, what really interests me? Computercraft. Okay, look at that. Okay, I can have computers now. Yeah, I like that. Let me let me let me get that. I love trains, and I saw railcraft, traincraft. I'm like, fuck yeah. Let me get those. 
boom, download them. And then from there, especially with modding Minecraft, it's as simple as you take the files, you copy them, and you put them into a folder straight up called mods in the Technic Launcher, and it applies it. And so developers are kind of catching this also. They're support. They're sending out games that are supported with Steam Workshop. They are supporting mods. They hell, I remember Slay Aspire posting things up on their page, like on their community page, saying, "You know, this mod's pretty chill." You know, either the the devs themselves say it, or people like you know reviewers, critics, whatever, who find these mods are posting it up on the web on Slay the Spire, and the devs are kind of like, "Cool, bro." You know, they're, they're totally fine with people taking a game and tweaking it, you know, for a different play experience. And that's kind of the beauty of it. From as if, if I was a developer, okay, if I created a game, put it out there for the public to buy, download, whatnot, and play my game, I find it like a badge of honor. I'm very flattered that you took the time to mod my game solely because you enjoyed the game enough to some degree that you want to modify the experience. Now, sometimes people are like, I want to make a mod to better the game because there's an issue with the game. Other mods are like, yo, what if? So regardless, you cared about the game enough in some way to then tweak it further for yourself. I think that's amazing. And... That also goes forth for, like, machinima, parodies, flash animations, all that good stuff. As long as, I get, as long as the credit is given where credit is due, I think that stuff's amazing because you're inspiring people. You know, we talked about it before. You make a game that's inspiring people to create. So if you're making content in the form of videos and parodies, you know, that's one thing. That's you taking time to create something based on a character or an idea of someone else. But in terms of mods... It's fans, people who also have coding experience, that are custom-making cheat codes for the game, putting them out there for people to then download and utilize in your game. Like, they still need your game to play it. It's still built for your game that you have created. And it's an amazing idea. So now at this point, do devs really have to worry about creating cheat codes? They still can. It can still definitely be a thing, and... I mean, I'm pretty sure game FAQs is possibly still kicking. I'm not sure, though. It's because we don't, we don't need it. The devs could still make cheat codes in their games, and people can find out about them, and yada, yada, yada. But now it's... You, you don't have the... You don't necessarily need to make cheat codes for infinite ammo, unlimited health, or other things. Like It's either just basic options. You know, like I know Fury eventually came out with an invincible mode, so you just can't die. Like... We're cutting back on the idea of using cheat codes to help you in the game and just making it more of like a just general option. Like you can unlock the mode or you just toggle it on the options if the devs do that. Otherwise, leave it to the modders. The models are figured out. If you leave the code open, like if you have it online to be downloaded on the computer, someone will find a way to tweak it. And if you have a way to support mods, more people will do it. If you know your way around the code, you can mod the game whether it has mod support or not. You know, it's just a matter of tweaking the code. But with mod support, more people get into it, and I think more people will enjoy your game. Because that's kind of the fun of cheat codes is with cheat codes, more people can enjoy the game because they can either get access to more content that they're struggling to get to through just unlocking it with a certain password or 
doing more health, doing more damage, more ammo, whatever it is your game has, unlimited continues, whatnot. Now your game is more accessible because of cheat codes, and in the modern day, your game is now more accessible because people can mod it to fit a certain play style. Now, I do think mods, even though they're essentially modern day cheat codes, did kill a small community that was involved with video games. And that goes back to that the whole rumor thing, like game FAQs and stuff like that. Before game FAQs popped up and before, you know, the game manuals were a big thing, it was word of mouth. It was straight up if you were stuck on something, it came down to someone telling you this cheat code or talking you through how to get past it, you know, whatever. And I still remember, oh man, I still remember my, I honestly can't remember if I talked about it on the show, so I'm going to bring it up again. I still remember my first time playing through Paper Mario 1000 Year Door. First off, fucking loving it. I still love that game. But I also remember getting to Chapter 3, the Glitz Pit for Glitz and Glory. And when you are done with the minor league and you're doing the fight to decide whether you're going to get to the major league or not, you have to take on the um, the Iron Herons, which are cleft-like enemies, but made of complete solid iron. They're and according to the tattle log, they're impenetrable. They, they their defense score there is no defense score because you can't hurt them. And I remember trying so many different things, trying to find a way to beat these guys. And never being able to do it, always losing that fight. And I remember the next day, we had to go to the mall for something, and I was like, I'm still like a little kid, but my mom always knew I'd always go to GameStop when I thought GameStop was cool to look at games like that. I'm like, hold up, I gotta go check something, because I knew, I fucking knew that GameStop had the manual for Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, because they sold those all the time back then. They sold a lot of manuals for popular games. I remember taking this this book, this thick-ass book that was Thousand Year Door, the, the manual. I remember opening up the cover and going right to the, you know, the glossary or whatever, like, at the, at the front, the contents, to sh- tell, to find out what page that fight was on, that chapter. I ignored everything else in that manual. I had one goal. I ignored everything else in that manual, flipped right to that page that had that fight, look at what it is I had to do. I remember writing it down. I had a piece of paper with me. I asked someone for a piece of paper, and I wrote down, right in the book, and said, what to do. That you had to start the fight, flee, so the Yoshi egg would hatch, then take the baby Yoshi back into the fight, use his gulp ability twice, so you could kill both of them. I remember writing that down, just closing that book, just putting it back on the shelf, thanking the guy working there, just running out back to my mother. Like, that was such... That was so cool. Like, as a young person, as a young kid, when you're playing games, that was so cool. Like... Finding out the trick by talking to people or by reading it somewhere in this, you know, in a magazine or a book. It was so, so fucking cool to do that. And when I got home and I beat it, I felt so good. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm ready for anything else this game can throw at me. And then I played the rest of the game and I loved it. I didn't bother looking up anything else about that game until after I beat it. And then once I was done, I fully beat it. Then I started going back and like, you know, reading up on the in the manual and stuff like that, how to find the other stuff. And, you know, now that the internet was kind of coming out, looking stuff online to try and pick up some pieces like extra content and shit like that. You know, now with internet and with mods, the community has changed. It's no longer that that thrill and that rush of like figuring things out or that interaction in person. You know, those whispers on the back of the school bus, things like that, like, oh, do you know how to like did you know about this really cool and I remember well, another popular one was the not it was more like a glitch than a cheat code. 
But it was this whole thing like, oh, did you know you could see the Sims naked? I don't know. They're taking a shower. If you, you follow these exact steps. I remember that in middle school. That was, that was some hushed whispers at my lunch table. And I was being like, yo, wait, you can do that? Because, I mean, I was a fucking – I was a young teenage boy. I had hormones. And I'm like, wait, I can see pixelated tits? <laughs> and so we're talking about it at the lunch table. Like, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. Like, going through the list of things you got to do. Like, hush, hush, make sure no one hears us. And now it's like, just fucking go online and find the mod for that. Like, you can just straight up just go online – Look at some website and be like, okay, yep, I, I, want, I want to see pixelated tits, so I'm just going to download this, and it modifies the code. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, now that we have the internet, and now that we have a more of a modding community, that culture of hushed whispers, whether it was for the good or the bad, you know, like, you can play Master Hand in Melee, yo, and, like, that starts spreading, you know, that kind of shit. Those times are long dead. I'm a little upset over it because, call it nostalgia, it was really cool as a kid. Like, that kind of communication that happened. And, excuse me, you know, maybe I date myself now, but it sucks. Kids nowadays will never experience that. Games are not so much designed with the idea of cheat codes. They're either vastly competitive, like I know a lot of kids into Fortnite and, you know, the two months at Apex Legends was relevant. Kids are really into that. Or they're into just... That's just really it for the most part. A lot of kids are mostly into like online multiplayer kind of games. Like there's still a single player market out there, but it's mostly for an older crowd, not so much the younger crowd. So what they go through, it's different. They're going to have different memories than me. It upsets me because it's just what I remember. And I'm like, it's a damn shame we're not going to have that. But I mean, for them, they'll be happy with it. And at least they get to grow up experiencing the mod culture if they're on PC. I mean, I know I got one student. She's like, yeah, I have a couple games. I got a game emulator. Like, Mother. She's like, yeah, I have Mother emulated right now. And I got a mod for it that it switches the character sprites. You know, back in Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, you put a cheat code in to play different characters. Now it's a matter of just taking the assets folder, finding the character sprites, and swapping them. You know, now she has, like, a slightly different experience. She finds it really cool. So they have different memories. Like, they'll have different memories of, yeah, I remember going online and finding this mod. You know, or... They learned to code. Like, yeah, I remember going in. I modified the code to make it do this, and it was really cool and funny. You know, instead of them finding a way to break the game or having to do hush-hush whispers to each other about how to get past this one thing because, you know, we thought it was, like, black market stuff when we were young. That shit was black market. Like, you never spoke out loud about, like, yeah, that one cheat code or, oh, you know, the one strategy to get past this guy. Like, you were the cool kid that knew that, and you didn't want to, like, you didn't want to get out that you were telling everybody. That was Those were my memories, and now with mods, I don't worry about that dialogue with people. Like, I still, you know, I, I get involved in some of the communities and download some of the mods and stuff like that. But that, dial, that necessary dialogue is gone. So mods are those new cheat codes. It is the new way to break a game, and it's also modifying the culture behind it. Because cheat codes back then, it was, you had a status of, I beat Contra without cheat codes. I beat Contra with cheat codes. I know this special trick. I know this special glitch. I know this special way to get the super unlock. The scarab gun from Halo 2, which I tried a couple times. And the one time, I was about to fucking do it. And I was about to jump in the Banshee at the end of the, the tunnel, the underground tunnel, to fly it out into the uh, the park outside and get to the top of the building, but stupid fucking me 
trying to make sure everything was going right, forgot to reload the goddamn battle rifle. So when I hit X to board the Banshee, I instead reload the battle rifle. And then because the Banshee wasn't supposed to be there, it got glitched onto the wall and it blew up in my fucking face. And then I stopped playing Halo 2 that day. I never tried it again. You see what I'm saying? Like, that kind of culture was made back then with those cheat codes, that hushed tone of like, you know, this is how you do it. How are you supposed to do it? Since it was more of having to put in the skill of the game behind it, to figure it out or putting in a special button input to get the thing. Now it's more of just, do you know what website to go to? Do you know how to modify the code? Do you know what folder to put it in? It's more knowledge of code than it is knowledge of the game itself. Again, not a bad thing. If anything, it helps develop young minds to be a new generation of programmers and game designers. Because they, if, instead of using cheat codes nowadays, they want to find a way to break the game. They're going to be looking into how to mod the game. Whether it's just finding out how to work on directory files and download stuff. Or straight up going into source code and modifying it. It breeds game designers in a different way. Instead of the, them looking at just the game itself and the cheat codes there. It's them looking at the game and then physically changing the game. So you develop those skills. Like I remember cheat codes... Developed very little skills. Like, okay, I knew where to search online. I knew who to talk to. Okay, cool. That's something. But in terms of actually making a game, it gave me no skill. Like, I, I learned nothing about how to make a game from that. Nowadays, since we use more mods than cheat codes, you get a skill of how to write code, how to use JavaScript, how to use Unity Engine, or whatever, you know, whatever the, the code is, whatever the platform is. You learn how to use that, and you learn how do things relate in terms of code variables, numbering, syntax errors, if you mean errors, things like that, like how to organize the code, like calling functions and callbacks. You know, the list goes on. There's so much more now that they get to learn through modifying code. It's pretty cool. So the culture's changed. So we lost we lost what it meant to have cheat codes. I mean, there's still some games out there that kind of still play with that idea, but again, they're kind of rare. And some of them are more just like, Easter eggs or additional modes you can unlock because congratulations, you beat the game. Here's another thing to do. You know? I'm excited. I, I'm like, I, it does get me excited about it because I look at games now and I, I play a game and I'm like, essentially it's doing the same thing. Instead of me looking up the cheat codes, I'm now looking up the mods that people have made. I'm not going, instead of going straight to game FAQs to find out how many different ways I can break the game, I go onto Steam, I click on the community page and Steam Workshop and say, how many ways can I break the game now? You know, what, what crazy shit has people come up with or what highly disturbing shit have people come up with? You know, waifus in Skyrim, for example. Fucking why? <laughs> because we can now. Because we straight up can, so we will. If you build it, they will come. You know, if you have the power to do it, you will do it. People make games nowadays that can be modified. People are going to do some really crazy ass shit in it. Full disclosure. To designers. <laughs> so, yeah. It's changed. Things have definitely changed. I, I can't say, you know, if I have a list of top mods because a lot of games I play don't really have mods and those that do. You know, I was about to try once a Skyrim. I couldn't really get the script editor to work real smooth, so I just didn't care. And so the Spire, I tried, like, two mods, the Slimebound mod and the Forest mod. Okay, cool. Like, It's a great idea. I'm just not interested in mods so much. So I can't say anything about, like, my favorite mods. I, I can't. I can't. But I can just mention 
that like I said, that change in culture, that change in tone, and things like that that people are doing now, and it's neat. It's it's a cool little thing now to see games get designed and I mean see how they can change. I mean, there's there's fan made games that get made that start as a mod. If I remember correctly, Team Fortress came because was it Quake or Unreal Tournament? Unreal Tournament. It came because Unreal Tournament was modded. I want to say it was someone made a mod for Unreal Tournament to put team matches in it. And then next thing we know, we have Team Fortress, which you know happened. And now we have Team Fortress 2, which a lot of people love. So yeah, mods can lead to kind of new creative things. And I remember, if I remember correctly, Undertale was a fan made, was started off as like some guy that enjoyed the Mother series, but wanted to, you know, Toby Fox. If I remember correctly, he did some work with the Mother series and was looking at a different way of, you know, telling the story and definitely like it taking that base look of Mother and starting it. It looks almost like a recode of Mother, like it's changing the sprites, stuff like that. But there's a lot more that goes into it, obviously. But like stuff like that, like mods, modifications, stuff like that to games can lead to more games, which is pretty awesome. Cheat codes could never lead to new games. Because it was just the game was built with the cheat code. The cheat code was built around the game. Now it's the mod is reshaping the game. Where cheat, where cheat codes were built for a game, mods were built to change the game, which is really awesome. Which is a pretty a pretty cool thing to see. So, hey, if you haven't had a chance to play a game with mods, even something as simple as Minecraft, do it. You know, whether it's a GTA, Minecraft, Slave Spire, pretty much anything you can get off Steam that has Steam Workshop enabled. Play something with mods. It it's cool. It, it it's fun. It's it makes me think like cheat codes. It certain mods that make me think of cheat codes of the olden days, like Invincible and stuff like that. I will definitely look into because I'm like, sweet. That's how it used to be, and I remember that as a kid. Check it out. And hell, if you're a person who has made mods in the past for cert, for any game, I'm not talking like popular. If you if you're the person who has had the skill to make a stable functioning mod for a game, you know what? Thank you. Because I know that takes work. I know that takes a lot of work, and that can be hard to do. So if you made mods in the past, thank you so much for your time and effort in making that. We really appreciate it as a gaming community. So that'll be it for this week. It's disgusting out. Not even heat. It, it's humid, and I hate life right now, and I need to go buy a goddamn AC. So uh, I'm going to go do that. And if you do anything for Memorial Day, I know tomorrow's Memorial Day, the 27th. If you do anything for Memorial Day, you know what? Thank you. You know, honoring people, that kind of stuff. So whatever it is you do for Memorial Day, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope the weather holds out for a beautiful Memorial Day. So if you're outside doing barbecuing or whatnot, that you got beautiful weather to go with it. So enjoy. And have a good week. I think it's going to be, you know, I always, I always got hopes and I always got feelings for another good week. So I hope you all have a damn good week and i'll see you next sunday take care